Thanks for joining us for Brewing Faith, where we bring the hard questions to the table as we talk about the future of our church. Thank you for joining us for our special Christmas episode, in which I will share some stories about the magic of Christmas through my own childhood memories and a special Christmas story in the Franciscan tradition. Grab your coffee or tea, whatever you like to brew, and let's get started. I recently had a conversation with my sister about the magic of Christmas. She's struggling with the commercialization of the holiday. She said, as a mom, it's supposed to be magic and amazing. It's a lot to do. I deleted Facebook and Instagram for the holidays. I just can't compare myself and be jealous this time of year. The other day, I had similar holiday envy when my neighbors hung their beautiful Christmas lights. Talk about Christmas magic. They perfectly outlined the roof line of their house and two majestic pine trees that grace their front and backyard. I hadn't even gotten the candles in the windows yet and our solar Christmas lights were half dead a nightly reminder of my waning Christmas joy. I love the holidays, and I do believe they are magical and wonderful, and all that sugar and spice and all that's nice stuff. But I also realize, the older I get, that Christmas magic is more about our actions and attitudes than some elusive outside force raining down Christmas joy like sprinkles on sugar cookies. My holiday envy over my neighbor's lights was quite palatable in our house. I probably let it affect my Christmas mood a little too much. The next day, I came home from work. It was about 6 p.m., so the sun had been set for a while. As I pulled into the driveway, our front bushes were magically lit up with an abundance of colorful Christmas lights. My community member decided to surprise me. And you know what? It was absolute Christmas magic. The kind of Christmas magic you felt when you were five years old and you woke up to all those packages under the Christmas tree left by Santa as magical flying reindeer. And the magic you felt when not only did Santa eat the cookies, but the reindeer munched on the carrots you left too. And everyone's magic looks different. My uncle grew up in a family that was barely making it by during the holidays. His mom couldn't afford to give her children the magical Christmas we see on TV. Some years, there was only one package per kid under the plastic pines of her humble Christmas tree. And yet, my uncle has an awesome memory of Christmas magic. On one particular year, when his mother wasn't sure she could afford much of anything for her kids. She spent the whole night Christmas Eve blowing up balloons. 
When her children woke up and opened the door to the living room, the entire room, floor to ceiling, was filled with bright, colorful balloons that poured out into the hall as they began to run about them laughing and playing. Christmas magic at its best. The actions of one humble woman trying to give her kids a magical Christmas morning. I have incredible memories of Christmas mornings as well. It was tradition in my house for us three kids to go to my parents' bedroom before going out to the living room Christmas morning. My mother would tell us to pile in bed with my father and she would check to see if Santa had arrived. We would anxiously await the word. He always arrived. My mother would eventually come back and tell us the good news and we'd stampede down the hallway to the sound of Christmas carols, to the smell of cinnamon buns and hot chocolate, and to the sights of a perfectly lit Christmas tree. Even as a young adult, my mother continued to check if Santa had arrived. We just assumed it was my mother holding on to our Christmas childhood memories a little longer. At 17, 19, and 21, we still piled in bed with my daddy while she checked on the big man's arrival. I think I was 30 before I realized what that was all about. While we waited for word that he had arrived, my mother was turning on the lights and music, boiling the hot chocolate, and putting the cinnamon buns in the oven. Even in my early 20s, Christmas mornings spent at home were perfect, magical moments. The only thing that made it better was the occasional year it would snow. Sometimes the elusive outside force still shows up in all the magic. Actions and attitudes. Once again, someone's simple actions created a lifetime of memories. Memories I still look back on and am so grateful to have. A little over 10 years ago, we were celebrating Christmas Eve at my house. I was a young adult at the time. My little cousins were six and eight. My dad was like a grandfather to them. It just so happened that as the sun set, when we still had the faint light upon the earth, a herd of deer began to graze in our yard. My father quickly grabbed Tyler and Ryan and ran outside announcing, the reindeer are here, the reindeer are here. The whole moment lasted less than 10 minutes. The deer got spooked and ran off, but Tyler was completely convinced they had full bellies ready for the long night ahead of them. In our own Franciscan tradition, we have a story of one magical night in which Francis brought the story of Jesus' birth 
to life. Quite literally. Prior to Francis's time, the church was all but completely focused on death and resurrection. Thomistic theology, which is the theology most broadly taught in the Catholic tradition, is focused on the understanding that Jesus came and died to save us from our sins. Franciscan theology has a different focus, one that does not deny Jesus' death and resurrection freeing us from sin, but one that simply looks at something else. Franciscans embrace an all-loving, all-powerful God who, in scriptural terms, emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance. Paul's letter to the Philippians reminds us of the Incarnation, the coming of Jesus, the Christmas miracle, when God became human. For Francis, this was essential. Without the Incarnation, we would not have the cross. Jesus could save because Jesus came. The Franciscan focus on the Incarnation is often expressed in terms of the primacy of Christ. In other words, the Incarnation was not Plan B. It was not a response to the fall. Jesus was always a part of the plan because God so loved us that God wanted to be among us. Certainly the fall changed how Jesus engaged in ministry, and certainly his death and resurrection were life-giving acts for all of humanity. But the focus is on incarnation and God's love for all people. Essentially, it is a focus on goodness. I'm sure everyone listening is familiar with nativity scenes. Maybe some have even experienced a living nativity scene in which people play the parts of Jesus, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds and the kings, and local petting zoos or farms bring their animals to herd. All of this is thanks to Francis of Assisi, who one night, in the small Italian town of Greccio, gathered the townspeople to create the first living nativity. Thomas of Chilano, the first biographer of Francis, wrote, Finally, the holy man of God comes, and finding all things prepared, he saw them and was glad. Indeed, the manger is prepared, the hay is carried in, the ox and the ass are led to the spot. There, simplicity is given a place of honor, poverty exalted, humility is commended, and out of Greccio 
is made a new Bethlehem. Mass was celebrated, songs were sung, and it is even recorded that Francis picked up the child laying lifeless in the manger, who immediately became a real child, many believing it was the Christ child. Chilano wrote, everyone went home with joy. Every year, in the context of our orientation program, we share this important aspect of the Franciscan charism with our Franciscan volunteers. Our volunteers commit to a year of service with the sisters, living in community with one another, and committing to social and ecological justice. A few years ago, we interviewed the volunteer community about what they most appreciated about our charism. Here are some of their responses. Hi, my name is Mandy DeMarco. I am from Buffalo, New York. And I think the biggest thing about Franciscan charism that speaks to me is um, just the immense amount of love that Francis had for all things. And it, it definitely ties into a lot of the, the primacy of Christ. And just my personal relationship is based very much so on love with God. And so for me to learn that it wasn't always about God coming to absolve us of our sins, but because God loves us was really important for me to accept fully. And I think that's just like a wonderful thing that I've learned here, and it's just one of the many wonderful things that I've learned here so far. My name is Rachel Dunlap. I am from Keokuk, Iowa. I struggle with the concept of Jesus just came for our sins, died for our sins, and like I just think that takes away from the goodness of humanity. Uh, and so, the, not the idea, but the Franciscan theology of Jesus was going to come all along and kind of like com completing God's plan, like the cosmos, uh, that really speaks to me because I really like see God in all things and Francis is like praises of God. Um, I think God is in everything and just the concept of Jesus only dying for our sins, like it just kind of takes away from the aspect of God being in all things. So, this Christmas season, when you drive past a nativity, place one in your home, see one in a window. Think of the humble man from Assisi who reminded us of the humility of God, who loved us so much that God became one like us. And this is the true magic of Christmas. Christmas magic is seeing the joy your loved ones are feeling in their heart. Christmas magic is a puppy under the tree. The magic of Christmas is, without a doubt, my granddaughter. Christmas magic is seeing the joy on my children's faces. Christmas magic is just relaxing and being. The magic of Christmas is the joy on the face of little children. Christmas magic is baking cookies late at night in the kitchen while listening to Christmas music. Christmas magic is spending time with family. Christmas magic is wonderful for the kids. Christmas magic is love and joy in the hearts of all. Again, thanks for joining us. Keep the questions coming. 
Call the Brewing Faith Hotline to leave your questions to be aired on our show, 610-558-6797, or email at brewingfaith at osfphila.org. We look forward to sharing a cup of your favorite brew next month when we sit with Xavier, a Newman University communications major and host of a sports radio show. He will be in conversation with sister Alice Klein, who had great fame as a basketball star and is a graduate of the Catholic High School of Baltimore. Join us as we talk about sports and spirituality. Remember, the future is bright if we bring the light.